Naona asifiwe. He is no longer in the grave. Praise the Lord. I said he is no longer in the grave. Our Redeemer liveth. He is eternally enthroned. Let me just show you a scripture before we even sing a song. Revelation chapter number one. Revelation chapter number one. The church looks amazing. It's as if people are telling us, we are getting the message in all quarters. Doesn't it look amazing? This is just a snippet of what ought to be in the future. Hallelujah. Oh Jesus. Look at Revelation. Beginning from verse 10. 110. The Bible says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Any day you're in the spirit is the Lord's day. Not Sunday. So if you're here and you're in the flesh, you've missed it. It is being in the spirit. I heard behind me a loud voice as of a trumpet saying, I am the Alpha. The original interpretation does not have the word and. Because if you put and, you introduce the element of time. But if he has to be God, he must be out of time. So I am the Alpha, the Omega, the first, the last. And what you see written in a book and send it to the seven churches which are in Asia. To Ephesus, to Simna, to Pergamos, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. Then I turned to see the voice that spoke. <laughs> ah, okay. Are we, we are not in the same place. We are turning here. Where I am, I am turning. Everybody read. Then I turned to see the voice. I thought you need to turn and see the person. But how do you turn to see the voice? Because in Eden, man was planted. And the Bible says, and the voice of the Lord visited man at the cool of the day. That voice in Eden is the same voice in Revelation. Let's begin to see the details of this voice. Having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the midst of the seven lampstands, one like the son of man, clothed with a garment down to the feet and guarded about the chest with a golden band. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes like a flame of fire. His feet were like fine brass, and his as if refined in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. He had in his right hand seven stars out of his mouth, went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance, that is his face, was like the sun shining in its strength. Meaning that you can't look at the sun when it's shining with its strength. 
It's too strong for your eyes. Uh -huh. And when I saw him, what did I do? When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his hand on me saying to me, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, for amen. And I have the keys of heads and of death. Born as if you were son. I want you to get out from the hangover of a suffering Messiah and begin to see the reality of the one that we serve. He is no longer in the grave. He is risen. He is resurrected. He is shining at the beauty of his majesty. Somebody release a shout. Hallelujah. Death could not hold him. Can we declare that song? Death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. The silence that boasts of sin and grave. You have no rival. You have no equal. Yours is the name. Revelation. Hallelujah. I, I want to talk about Tete. Do you guys read the poster when we said? What was the topic? Yes. It is as it is as it is there. Tetelestai. Or Tetelestai. Somebody say Tetelestai. Somebody say Tetelestai. Let us look at the book of John chapter number 19 from verse 28 all the way to 30. John 19, 28 all the way to 30. Um, if they can add some base, I'm a preacher. 
So I need bass. So that when I say power, I hear power. Thank you, sir. We have uh, uh, two engineers today. Thomas will be doing his live recording. Hallelujah. I hope you are ready for the afternoon. It's going to be, it's going to be another church here. Now, this is what the Bible says. After this, Jesus, if you can read, let's all read at least now. This side, the screens are very big. You can read. One, two, three. Uh-huh. And 30. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And bowing his head, he gave up the ghost. Oh, his ghost, his spirit. He never said, I am finished. The word there is, it is finished. And bowed his head and gave up his spirit. This looks like drama. Because once in a drama festival, once you are done with the script, you bow and the curtains close. But in Calvary, after the bowing, the curtains opened. Because the church was being ushered to another dimension. Now we need to get this very clearly. Even the reason why he said, I thirst, is because in the prophecies, the prophecies said that they will give him bitter vinegar. It was there in prophecy. And when he looked at everything that spoke about him, one thing had not been perfected or implemented. Now, I used to be in drama festival. And what, what, what used to happen is that when you come with a prop on stage, maybe you come with a panga, if that prop is not used, the adjudicators used to penalize you because everything on stage must be used. So Jesus was hanging on the cross. All prophecies have been fulfilled 99.9, .9, but there is one that has not been fulfilled, giving him bitter vinegar. He looks and sees the vinegar and says, I thirst. And the man, not knowing that he was fulfilling scripture, picked it with high soap. These are some form of leaves and gave him to drink. When he saw it, he declared, it is finished. And gave up his spirit. That is to tell you, it is not the sword of the Romans that killed him. That manner of giving his spirit, it meant he never died because he was crucified. Okay. He's the one who gave up. Meaning that he had authority over his life. That is why he's the one who rose himself back to life. Uh, okay, it might be a little bit complicated this morning. 
because the resurrection story is a deep mystery now now when he said it is finished that name finished is tetelestai somebody say tetelestai i'll take time this morning and teach what does that name mean it means it is finished that is the first meaning it means to bring to an end to bring to an end it means to complete or to accomplish it means it is finished it means to bring to an end it means to complete or to accomplish it also means that this happened and is still in the effect today i'll explain it means it is finished it also means to bring to an end it also means to complete or to accomplish the other meaning is that it means that whatever happened did not end after happening but it is still a reality even now so tetelestai is not an event that happened only but is a reality in our now the it is finished means jesus is not coming to perform another work it is already done let's take an example of school for those who've done possibly a degree or a diploma I remember one day there was a common statement of what is your dissertation most of the times you're always told to bring a project or you come up with a proposal and then you face a panelist of uh, what we call them a panelist of lecturers and the moment they approve and say that project is okay you are already a, a candidate of graduation and nothing that, that means it is done. The only thing that is left is for them to say a kuku A, a kuku B. But by the time you leave that hall, you are already a graduate, only waiting for the event. So by the time you enter in the graduation quarter, by the time your dissertation or your project was approved, at that time it was finished. So graduation is a crowning of that which was finished. And no one can take you back to your project because it was approved and that's it. Are we together? So by the time Jesus was dying on the cross, he did it once and for all. He's not going to deal with the devil again. He dealt with him once and for all. And it was so perfect and so complete that even now, that victory is still there. Are we together up to there? Somebody say, Tetelestai. So, it means that this happened and is still in effect today. Now, it will take almost one year for me to fully explain why he said that one statement. I began by talking about the language of drama festivals. The script of the life of Jesus was written in the pages of the Old Testament. Now we need to go slowly. Whatever Christ came to do, 
had already been prophesied. There are more than 3,000 prophecies that touched on the Messiah. In fact, let me put it like this. The whole of the Bible is a conversation about one character. From Genesis all the way to Revelation is about one man, Jesus. So in the Old Testament, you will find prophecies, you will find typologies, you will find imageries, and you will find shadows. No, you are not writing down. I've said many things. Okay, someone told me, Pastor Kilaktu Nasemanga ni points. Sasa nashenangu nalike gani ni gali. So let me go slowly. The, the summary of the Old Testament is number one, typology. Somebody said typology. Somebody said typology. Typology simply means you will find a type of Christ. Are we together? A good example, Moses was a type of Christ. The whole language of delivering Israel from Egypt is a type of Christ delivering men from sin. You, you even look at the birth of Moses and the birth of Jesus. In their cases, there is a king. One is Herod who says children below two years old to die. The other one is Pharaoh. It's not a coincidence. It's a typology. The second thing you find is the language of imagery. Imageries. Imageries. These are people when you study their lives in the Old Testament, you see Jesus. You find an image of Jesus. Like you can never understand the story of redemption unless you read the book of Ruth. Now we are preaching scripture. Hallelujah. You can never understand redemption because Boaz becomes the image of Christ as a kinsman redeemer. I know this is deep. But this is the gospel now. Hallelujah. Boaz becomes, he becomes Ruth. That, that fourth chapter book is a mystery. Ruth is a type of a gentle church. Naomi is a type of Israel. An image of Israel. Boaz is a type of Christ. And in that imagery, we see the redemption of man. Okay, I'll come to that because I'll talk about redemption. We also have shadows. 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 Events in the old that were a shadow of events in the new. Abraham, yes sir. Take thy only son, yes sir. To the mountains of Moriah, yes sir. And offer him there as a sacrifice. So Abraham becomes the father. Isaac becomes the son. And Abraham takes wood and puts on the son. And the son is carrying the wood and the son is asking the father, behold the wood, where is the sacrifice? The father takes the wood of the cross of Calvary, places it on his son and the son is the sacrifice. It's a shadow. I don't like the way you're looking at me this morning. 
Kukoko Mandiko. Yeah, yeah. No cars, no houses, no wives. The Bible. Now, these are the things. Now, when you read the Old Testament, I know we always look for the blessing. Haijalishi, Sarah likuwa tasa, na, 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 tumbo yake ikafunguka. Haijalishi utasa wako. And that is good. There are times you need to hear that. But now there are times you need to know why the womb of Sarah was shut. Hallelujah. So when you begin to look at the Old Testament, it carries the imagery, the shadows, and the typologies of Christ. So many characters. That is why when Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? They said you are Elijah, you are Jeremiah, you are one of the prophets. They were not wrong. Because the prophets of old prophesied under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus carried the Holy Spirit without measure. So there is a time he manifested like Jeremiah. There is a time he manifested like Elijah. Because the very spirit in Elijah was the very spirit in Jesus, but this time without measure. Am I speaking to anyone? So, when we, when we now decode the Old Testament with Christology in mind, searching Jesus between the pages, you will see Jesus from Adam. You will see Jesus in Noah. One that is making a vessel of deliverance with the element of nails and wood. The ark had only those two raw materials to deliver man from the floods because another son of God will come and deliver man with the elements of wood and nails. You will see Jesus in Abraham that a father is willing to give his only son. You will see Jesus in Moses that there is a, a father that is able to deliver a nation out of the bondage of Egypt. You will see Jesus in Joseph that there is a man that can deliver his family. A man that is hated by his brothers. Jesus is hated by his brothers. A man that is betrayed by his own and they sell him for silver. Jesus was sold for silver by his own people. Joseph is a type of Jesus. You even see Jesus in Samson. Because Jesus, John the Baptist, and, and Samson are the only ones who are born with a Nazarite vow. And their birth was foretold. An angel comes and speaks to Manoah. And says, behold, you shall be with a child. An angel comes and speaks to Mary. In fact, the angel spoke to the wife of Manoah. And she went and said to Manoah. And Manoah doubted. And now the angel appeared again. The same way. Joseph doubted. It took God to intervene to Joseph through a dream. Tell your neighbor we are still on the Bible. Ah, hallelujah. So, so, oh Jesus. So by the time you are navigating through the pages of scripture, you see Jesus in Joshua. In fact, the name Joshua means Yehoshua. That name means the Messiah. Because Joshua is a type of the Messiah. One that delivers men in the place of the establishment. When you Go through the Old Testament. You see Jesus when you are conscious for looking for him. So the Old Testament talks about him. The prophets spoke about him. So when he stepped in time, he came to fulfill the prophecy and he came to fulfill the image, the typology and the shadow. 
If you are from my generation, generation of selfies, you may not know this. But in our days, there was one photographer in a whole village. And you had to book him almost a month earlier. And that photographer used to come with a camera. And if you came from the village, they had one statement. Pictures in Quash Nairobi. They have gone to watch the pictures in Nairobi. Direct translation. And that will take a whole month. The problem is if you, if you closed your eyes forever that photo, you can't change it. So that's why they had to tell you one, two, three. And then now they will, because they must set you on motion. And then they used to give you a backup of what they called a negative. So every photo came with a negative. And if it was a group photo, they will put different negatives. So that those who didn't get the photo can get the negative. And if they have money, they can pay for Kwashesha. And out of that negative will come a photo. Are we together? But now the mystery was, sometimes you will leave the negative and not get the details of the picture. You might, if, if you are not keen, you might look at a negative and not know whether this is me or this is my sister. Yeah, though you can see this is the shape of a woman and this is the shape of a man, but the negative never gave details to the image. But after we took it for processing, when the photo came, we even saw the color. We could tell the shoes you are wearing. Now, the Old Testament is the negative. You couldn't understand the old. When Jesus showed up in the scene, now the old began to make sense. Because he began now to paint the real picture that was presented by the negative. And that is why when he walked through the pages of the old, painting the picture of a lamp, painting the picture of a savior, painting the picture of a deliverer, when he appeared on that cross, he looked at the image of the old and looked at the image of the new. He said, it is finished. The picture is now clear. And so now, that's why you can never understand the New Testament. If you don't go to the negative. And you can never also appreciate the image. If you don't appreciate the negative. That's why there are churches that have built on the negative. And now most of them are still on types. They still believe in sacrifices. Because when the real sacrifice came. We realized we can't give God goats. We can only give him our lives. Again, when you dwell so much on the new, you fail to appreciate the pattern of the old. Are we together? That's why a real balanced study must entail the old and entail the new so that you are able to pick it from the imagery, typology, and come and appreciate the image and you marry the two. So, he hangs on that cross and said, it is finished. There are three things that happened on Calvary and we are going to handle them individually. The first one, when he said it is finished, it meant that the price was fully paid. That's the language of redemption. The first thing that happened on that cross is redemption. Man was redeemed. The price was fully paid. Number two, is 
the judgment of sin was fully solved. Number two is the judgment of sin was fully solved. And number three, number three is the battle against the enemy was fully won. The battle against the enemy was fully won. So three things. Number one, redemption. Which means the price of sin was fully paid. Is someone getting me? Redemption. The price of sin was fully paid. Number two is what I might call propitiation. Now that's a very technical term. But you're in an apostolic house. Propitiation. Please, the notes are yours. Write it in a manner that you can read. This is propitiation. Meaning that the demand of God's justice were met. Are we together? That when God looked at Calvary and looked at sin, his wrath was withheld. That is what we call propitiation. And number three is victory. 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 That is to tell you the battle against the enemy was settled on the cross. The battle against the enemy was settled on the cross. Let's begin by this word redemption. I'm just going to give a summary but this is a topic that needs a month. Redemption simply means to buy back, to buy back. To redeem is to buy back. Ah. When I was in high school, I was not a very good boy. And there are days where you will give someone fullism. Or someone will come and ask you for a hundred shillings. And you'll give them the money. And you'll tell them now, this money you need to pay me after visiting day. So if they don't pay after visiting day, you just go straight to where they sleep and you pick their box. And you tell them the day you get my money, you come for your box. So you pick the box and go and live with it. And if the guy does not get his money, it means you stay with the box. Now, when man fell, the enemy got authority over man. How did man fall through sin? Are we together? Where, you see, there, there is what we call the agent that made man fall and the place from where man fell from. Now, if you push me off this stage, I will fall from the stage, but I will fall because you have pushed me. That, that's very important. So, for me to be restored, you must deal with the force that pushed me. But after dealing with the force, you must bring me back on the stage. Now, we have taught men about the force, which is sin that made them fall. But we never told them where they ought to rise to. Let, let's go slowly. You fell from dominion. Through sin. Okay. 
pole pole najua naweza jua kama mmeshika na kama mtashika my aim here is to walk with you so when man was created he was given dominion so when man sinned he fell and where did he fall from dominion so when jesus came he dealt with sin so that man can continue in dominion one of the natures of a born again believer is dominion it's not tongues it is authority and rulership that is why you are more than a conqueror you are victorious you cannot be a victim when you're in Christ you cannot be in crisis when you're in Christ and that one you need to make a post and put it there you cannot be in crisis when you're in Christ am i speaking to anyone yes so sin was the force of our falling but the place where we fell from was dominion so when jesus came he had to pay the price of sin because according to romans 6:23 the wages of sin is death so something or someone had to die to pay for the wages of sin for man to be redeemed from death that means to be bought back from death can i even go further when jesus died he died for all the sins in all the time and for all the sins of all men let me go slowly so jesus comes and he dies he does not die for the sins of the elders of the fathers he dies for the sin past present and future and then he dies for all men now the only way for man to be freed from sin is to accept someone died for my sins that is what we call salvation so when a man does not accept someone died for my sins then that man must pay for the wages of sin with his own life and that's through eternal death now are you seeing that no one will take men to hell it is an open choice that you, man has sinned, man is a sinner, and the wages of sin is death, and I have paid the price. Now, a good example. I have someone's box in my room, and someone comes and pays for the box, and says, Pastor T, I have paid for Ronnie's box. And then Ronnie's told, your box has been paid for. And Ronnie refuses to come for the box. So when Ronnie suffers, God is not responsible. He has paid it. He was is to accept and to walk in the reality of it. Hello. So to redeem is to buy back. And for a man in the law of redemption. In the law of redemption. Are we together up to there? Please check your neighbor whether they are. They are staring at me or they are writing notes. Because there are two options. Somebody say the law of redemption. Somebody say the law of redemption. Allow me to say this. I have missed to preach some of these things. Someone said. 
you can choose to have a church that is a hospital where every Sunday you have patience. And can I tell you the truth? Even yesterday, I slept very late because my daughter is not feeling well. And I prayed for her. I came, I did study, I discovered we are dealing with Calvary. I went and laid hands on her. So I'm also going through issues. But we can never permit our issues to be the center of our preaching. So that every Sunday, once in a while, once in a while, we must put aside what we are going through and focus on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. This morning, I read something very powerful. I was even reading it to Pastor Jimmy. One man just wrote something and he said, what do, you, what do you think is the theology of the salvation of the thief on the cross? That man was not baptized. No communion. No tongues. No discipleship. All the things that we call them the process of maturity, he never went through. That man was in pain. He was hanging. Jesus never took him out of the cross. The man, <laughs> the, the, the common sense will be if you are God, take me out here then, heal me then, take me to heaven. Jesus looks at him and the guy, the only thing that guy did was to believe. And, and, and Jesus said, tonight you will be in paradise. And the man died a painful death. Jesus bypassed his agony and came for what matters. That was his soul. So there are times we must journey beyond our agony and still fellowship with God because we know he's so much concerned about our eternal welfare. So it's one thing to have church as a hospital. Every day you are changing bandage and it can also become as a, as a, as a, as a place, a, a, a rehabilitation where people get motivational highs. So they leave the church very high. Then on Sunday they come very low and they wait for a pastor with a syringe of dose of motivation. And then we inject you. You go very high. No. We, we need to come to a place where you move from, from, from hospital, become a family, move from family to becoming an army. Yeah. Because God is looking for warriors. Not just sons. The Bible says sons are like arrows. They contend for the father they get. So tell your neighbor, neighbor, uh, today we are forsaking the affliction. Tell that neighbor, the pastor preaching has a sick daughter. But he still has to preach Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, and, and I don't consider it as warfare. I told the Lord, I'm going to preach about the power of the cross. And it is not a theory. As I come back home, she needs to be healed. Because this is the victory. Hallelujah. Now, now somebody say the law of redemption. Redemption in ancient Israel was, was someone delivering someone from penalty. Let's say you owe someone something and you cannot pay it per se. And so someone steps in to deliver you from the bondage of that lack or that debt. Now, according to the laws of redemption, for, for redemption to be full, the person redeeming you, number one, needed to be a family member. You could not be redeemed by a well-wisher. That man needed to be a family member. The word there is a kinsman. Somebody say a kinsman. Meaning that he's part of your family for him to redeem you. 
Now for Jesus to be in the family of men, he took the human form. Because Jesus could not redeem men as a spirit. He needed to become a family member. To become human, to redeem human. That is why angels have no deliverer. He didn't become an angel, he became a man. Took the form of a man. Because the law of redemption dictates that you must be from the same family. The second thing, you must be willing. You must be willing. You could be in the same family, but you're not willing. Let's look at the scripture in the book of Ruth, chapter number 4, from verse 10. Uh, from 1 to 10. You must be willing. You remember the contention of Jesus in prayer? Not my will, but thy will. That was the final step of his submission. That I am willing to die for man. Moreover, begin from one. Because I want to show you. Now Boaz went up to the gate and sat down there. And behold, the close relative of whom Boaz had spoken came by. So Boaz said, come aside, friend. Sit down here. So he came aside and sat down. And he took ten men of the elders of the city and said, sit down here. So they sat down. Then he said to the close relative, Naomi, who has come back from the country of Moab, sold the piece of land which belonged to her brother Elimelech. So Naomi wanted the land redeemed back. And I thought to inform you saying, buy it back in the presence of the inhabitants and the elders of my people. If you will redeem it, redeem it. But if you will not redeem it, then tell me that I may know for there is no one but you to redeem it and I am next after you. And he said, I will redeem it. Then Boaz said on the, on the day, you buy the field from the hand of Naomi, you must also buy it from Ruth, the Moabites, the wife of the dead, to perpetuate the name of the dead through his inheritance. And the close relative said, I cannot. So follow this. So, who created watches? Because now, this one needs an exegesis of the book of Ruth. Now, Naomi has lost the husband and has lost her property. Boaz is interested with Ruth. Ruth. Okay? Now, Boaz cannot marry Ruth before restoring Naomi to her original fortune are we together but before Boaz there was a closer relative so that relative needed to redeem Naomi first so that Naomi can be restored but the condition here once you redeem Naomi you must also deal with Ruth when that kinsman heard of the condition he said I cannot meaning that he was not willing and because he was not willing the case of Naomi would have stayed perpetually but Boaz was a willing kinsman redeemer are you getting me now can we analyze this scripture the, the, the matter of this redemption happened outside of the city it was at the gates they selected 10 elders as witnesses i will go slowly 
Go and listen to this message again. So they selected 10 elders. What is 10? It is the number of divine completion. That's why you give a tithe. 10. 10 commandments. 10. So there was a divine completed circle of witnesses. And the matter of redemption never happened in the city. It happened out of the city. And the only way for Ruth to be married by Boaz is for Naomi to be redeemed. The only way because now Ruth is a picture of the Gentiles. Naomi is a picture of the Jews. Boaz is a picture of Jesus. The only way for the Gentiles to be accepted in the family of God, it must be by the redemption of the Jews. That's why Jesus came and said, I came for the house of Israel first. Because according to the pattern of redemption, Ruth cannot enter if Naomi is outside. So, Boaz is willing. But who is the mentor of Ruth? Naomi. Who is our mentor? The Old Testament. The ancient Jewish writings are the ones that mentor us into our relationship with the Messiah. It was Naomi who told Ruth, during the harvest season, harvest, the heart of Boaz will be merry. Now Ruth, if you want this man to absorb you in the family, wait during the harvest season. When, where he lies, where he lies, don't lie next to him, you are not equal. Go at the feet and Pull the cover over yourself where he lies and when he recognizes you the matter will be sealed the gentile church locate the cross of Calvary don't lie where he lied go at the feet of the cross and bring the cover of the Messiah upon your life because it is a picture of the redemption of the gentile church where but the tutor was an Israelite. Where she lies, where he lies, in the season of harvest, it could not be any other day when the cover of Jesus was released on the church. It could only be in Pentecost because that was the season of harvest. Ah, let me stop. Please give her direction. She's coming to church. So... See me invite people. I give them my number. I don't know about you. Uh, did you invite anyone to church today? Yes, and some of them are even pay fair. You, you always tell them, you just follow online. No. Tell your neighbor where he lies. Tell your neighbor where he lies. Yeah, uh, uh, okay. Kulingana na kiwango yako ya kusoma. Yeah, in my language they say I cannot chew for you and swallow for you, no. One must chew and the other one must do the swallowing. Yeah. Where? He lies at the cross. So the first thing he must be from the same 
family. The second thing, he must be willing. The third thing, he must be able. He must be able. He must be able. That language is a language of he must be rich. That he's able to buy you out. Have you ever read that scripture? Blessed are the poor in heart. Amen. And have you ever read the scripture that I came for the poor? The spirit of the Lord God. Blessed are the poor in heart, in spirit. For there is the kingdom of heaven. And then there is another one, I, I believe is in, in Luke 4, 18. That says the spirit of the Lord God is upon me to preach the good news to the poor. And some of the people who live in ghetto, they say, wow, this is our gospel. That poverty there is not lack of money. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Listen, that poor there means men and women that are incapacitated of buying their redemption. Whether you came with a G-Wagon, Mercedes, you came with a Futsubishi, you came with a Prado, or you came with a do this. All of us in the eyes of the Father, we are poor. Whether you're in a bed sitter or in a bungalow, all of us cannot afford a drop of the blood of Jesus. And that's why the Bible says, blessed them that come to the acknowledgement that they cannot afford their redemption, they are blessed. And the only one that was rich enough to pay that price was Jesus. That's why when it comes to matters, the gospel, there is no class. Societies are divided on social clusters, economic clusters, academic clusters, political clusters. The church has no cluster. When we enter a gate, we are all children of God. And God does not have rich kids, cool kids, all of them are same kids. Because all of us are a function of his grace. On, on Friday we had a business forum here. And one of the things I wanted the business people to understand is that wealth is created, not prayed for. So everyone here with the right attitude, right tools, you are a candidate of handling wealth. Because it is the hands that create wealth. But sonship is delivered. Them that believed, he gave them the power. It is out of faith. And that's why now when it comes to matters, wealth and riches, it is a language of principles. And how best, you know, like all of us, some, some people, we were, some of us, we were in the same school, same class, same teachers, but different attitudes. During physics, you were sleeping when others were writing notes. Now you got a D. Not that you are a loser. Your attitude rewarded you with a D. And that is life. But all of us were in the same school, same. So there are results in life that are connected to your attitude. But salvation is connected to your faith. Somebody say, Abel. And the fourth thing is that the law was, he had to continue with the lineage of that family. That's why Boaz needed to marry Ruth so that the family of Elimelech does not die here to continue. 
So number one, when he said it is finished, it means perfect redemption. It means perfect. It means perfect. Yes. You know, one of the things I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for us to move to the new venue so that I can close the chapter of this area, open another chapter, and begin to disciple the whole church. Up to now, we don't have a discipleship class because you, you don't begin by discipling some few people. When I look at you, all of you need discipleship. And discipleship is now dealing with such matters. What is redemption? Nimeokoka, nimekombolewa. Kukombolewa ni nini? Ulikombolewa na nani? Ulikombolewa na nini? Ulikombolewa kwa nini? You know, we use very technical spiritual terms. Kuokoka ni nini? What is salvation? Why did Jesus come for your soul and not your head? What is a soul? We were winning souls. What were you winning? 700 souls came to the Lord. How did they come? How sure are you they came to the Lord? What did you preach? You can't quote Bill Gates and say they came to the Lord. They were inspired. The gospel is the power. Okay, we'll come to that matter. Please don't look at me like that. I'm trying to focus my energies and not go ahead of myself and make sure that everyone learns something today. And I'm still feeling in my spirit like I'm so, uh, what is it, so scattered that we are not together. So I'm trying to compose myself. Somebody say, judgment fulfilled. Propitiation. Tell your neighbor we will come to this matter. Tell your neighbor we are coming to this matter. Independently. We take like a whole month just to handle propitiation. The simplest term for that word propitiation. Ali Mukwana, you are here. The amplifier. Karibu sana. Amen. Let's appreciate this man. He's a worshiper and we used to host a show together. Gaza show and this man has an amazing testimony he was a watchman a man in a choma but today you can't ignore his voice and no one taught him how to sing he was just bathed he was a Muslim born as twins and according to their culture twins were cursed so they wanted to kill him but who is God he's now preaching that God that delivered him. Somebody say, yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you, media team. Okay, now read it, bro. Read it loudly. Read it until you bite your tongue. Good. Now, what does this word mean? What does this word mean? But then let me tell you the truth. It's so boring to teach, but this is how you grow. Even me, I'm, I'm missing to shout. But imagine if your math teacher came to class to shout. You will not know any math. I declare algebra. What is algebra? No, there are times you just need these sessions that look a little bit boring, but they are very empowering. 
What is propitiation? If you've watched Nigerian movies, which I believe you have, you will see an old man coming to the king, shaking something, and say, the gods are angry. And if you look to Netflix, we are not judging anyone. And so they will come and say, the gods are angry. And then the king will ask, so what do I do? And they will say, we need to sacrifice to appease the gods. And then they will say, what do you need? We need to look for a human sacrifice so that we can appease the gods. And so when they are settled, they, their anger will be withdrawn. Now, propitiation is a sacrifice given. The, the, the original language was, it was the sacrifice given to deities. A satisfying sacrifice. Uh, uh, are you getting it? So when that Nigerian comes and says the gods are angry and the people sacrifice, suddenly the rains come. So meaning that they have satisfied the anger of the gods. And so now the gods can withdraw their wrath and begin to bless men. Now the only thing that provoked the anger of God was sin. And no man labor can make God happy enough to withdraw his judgment. The only sacrifice that God can look at and is looking at is Calvary. Anytime he sees the blood of the cross, he remembers my anger and my demand was satisfied on Calvary. Now I can hear Pastor T. That is why our works cannot satisfy. Matthew 27 verse 51. I'm doing a crash program. Matthew. Okay. Tutafudia imamo. Na feel to at yoko pamoja batarudia. Sometimes I say don't preach for the sake of preaching. So everybody read. Those are two people reading. Everybody read. Hold it there, please, for grammar purposes. The Bible says from top to bottom. It is not from bottom. What does that tell you? The one responsible was not at the bottom. The one that tore the veil was at the top. Now you need to understand how high that veil was. It was more than five meters high. Meaning that, and it happened exactly when Jesus was on the cross. Why was the veil only and not the doors that were torn? The temple had many things. Why the veil? Genesis chapter number 3 and verse 24. Genesis 3 and verse 24. Everybody read. So he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of Eden. Hold it there. So man 
was driven out of the garden. I'm about to say something that might sound controversial. But he was still in Eden. Okay. There was Eden and then there was a garden in Eden which was later called the Garden of Eden. When man messed up, he was driven out of the garden. When Cain messed up, he was driven out of Eden. That's why he said, my judgment is great. Tell your neighbor, this year you must read the Bible. I like the, the, the way you are looking at me. It's like I'm preaching Quran. That's why Cain said my, my judgment is not fair. So, so man was still around Eden but not in the garden. For him to enter the garden because the Lord drove him out so that he may not eat of the tree of life and that tree of life was Jesus. So because of sin, God had to deal with sin for there to be communion with Christ. So he's driven out of Eden. The cherubims are the ones who guard the holiness of God. So the reason why God planted a cherub is so that cherubims can make sure a sinful man does not enter into the presence of God. And I will tell you why. In the book of Psalms 89 and verse 14, Psalms 89 and verse 14, the Bible says the foundation of his throne is righteousness and justice. Psalms 89 and verse 14. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. Now listen, Pastor Ronnie, come with your seat. This is the throne of God. So, God is seated. And God realizes my throne is established on righteousness and justice. Man has sinned. So if man enters, he will encounter my righteousness and justice. Because if I have to be a righteous God, I must judge man. If I have to be a just God, I must judge sin. So what do I do? I release the agents that guard my holiness. So that man does not bypass and enter where he should not enter. Now come with tea. Let me demonstrate so that you can understand. Now stand here and guard the holiness of God. Now this is the cherub. And you see this picture in the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter number 26 verse 1 and 2. Exodus 26, 1 and 2. Let's go there quickly. Other matters we'll explain in second service if we get time. But I'm back. So next Sunday I'm still here. So whatever we don't finish today, we continue on Sunday. Tell your neighbor even Sunday we are eating bones. Yeah. The Bible says, Moreover you shall make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine woven linen and blue purple and scarlet thread with artistic design of Cherubim. Cherubim. Somebody say cherubim. You shall weave them. Look at two. The length of each curtain shall be 28 cubits length. 
and the width of each curtain four cubits and every one of the curtains shall have the same measurements now a cubit was almost the size this was so when you look at 28 you can imagine how high that thing was okay and so and then the length and they were making around 10 and they were not just it was a very thick curtain now whatever was on the curtain image was the image of a cherubim because the temple holies of holies represented the holies of holies of heaven remember moses got the blueprint of heaven and built the temple so this holies of holies is where man met god but the throne of god is established on righteousness and justice that is why only one man entered beyond the veil and that man was the high priest with the blood of bulls and he entered once a year called the day of atonement he came with the blood and because of the blood the blood of the bulls the blood of the bulls gave man access because an innocent animal died and the innocence of that animal was imputed on the priest so the priest entered not with his innocence but with the innocence of the animal and he could only deal with God for some time so because man needed blood not of a moment but perpetual blood so that he can enter perpetually and commune with the father because the essence of creation was not wealth it was communion and fellowship when we miss that purpose that God created man to have fellowship with man so when that was cut off and a cherubim was introduced God had to deal with the demands of his holiness are you getting it and, and that is where we call it in Calvary. We call it the antinomy nature of God. Meaning that God is just and righteous. That is one side of him. The other side, God is loving. He loves man so much that he cannot kill him. But he's so righteous that he must judge sin. So God is in, in a conflict of personalities. His love cannot kill man. But his justice must manifest as judgment. Hi, are you getting? So the only way God can manifest justice is to pick his innocent son, place him on the cross, and pour his love, and then turn to the man he loved. And say, now we can have fellowship because of the life of this innocent son. That is why when Jesus hung on that cross, it is the Lord that introduced the cherubim to guard his holiness. When Jesus was hanging on that cross, it was the same Lord that took away the cherubim and said, now the way is open. Man can enter and commune with me. Why? I have dealt with the demand of the cherubim. The cherubim cannot hinder man from accessing my throne. That is why the curtains were torn from top to bottom by God alone. Because the sacrifice of Calvary was satisfying to him. And Jesus looked at that sacrifice and he said, Tetelesai, it is finished. 
Now man can enter and begin to commune with the Holy God. Now man does not need the blood of bulls. Man has the blood of me to enter. That's why they say, I enter the holies of holies. I enter not by my works, not by my offering, not by my anything. I enter through the blood of the Lamb so that I can commune with God. But it is a paradox. In the days when the curtains were there, men desired to meet God. When the curtains were broken, we are pushing men to look for God. When, when man could not access God, they kept on crying for his mercy. When God delivered mercy, we are now pushing men to seek him. He even writes and says, seek me when I'm available. Men are casual. They don't know the price of intimacy. They don't know the price of fellowship. And that is why anyone that seeks God, he's honoring the cross. Anyone that begins to search the Father, it is an honor to the sacrifice of Calvary because he gave his all so that man can have intimacy and communion with God. Listen, he died for something greater. Anytime you wake up and go down on your knees, Jesus is pleased. Why? He says, this is why I died. So that man can enter where he could not enter. Anytime you come and lift your hands and begin to say, Jesus, you are worthy. Jesus looks in heaven and says, this is why I died. So that man can fellowship with the Father. But it's a paradox. We made fellowship a gate of exchange. We made fellowship a place where we come to receive and give. We give you a hundred thousand, you give us land. We give you sacrifice, you give us husbands. He died for something greater. In that intimacy, blessed are them that dwell in the secret place of the Most High. In that intimacy, where you are not there because of what he can give. You are there for who you are, for who he is. In that intimacy, diseases are sorted because before you approach the throne the first level you enter is called the level of the presence and that's where Adam dwelt in the presence level in the presence level you can enjoy a few things from God he was still in Eden but not in the garden he was still within the perimeters of goodness but he could not interact with the source of goodness because there was a demand of a cherub when you journey further and enter, you now enter another dimension called the place of power. In the presence of power, you meet with the judgments of God and you begin to meet with the standards of God. That is why when you begin to walk with the Father, when you move from presence to power, carriers of the divine mandate of God, one sin can make you die. Yeah. A man is fornicating because he's in the presence. He has never died. A man that carries prophetic mantles fornicates one night and the following day dies in a road accident. God says, I rather destroy the flesh and save the soul. And you're wondering what is happening because we are not operating and transacting in the same quarter. Some have stepped in the place of judgments. I know some people desire, I, I desire to walk in healing. Listen, that transaction of power is transaction of judgments. The Bible says, teachers shall be judged more. Them that teach the gospel, their judgment is high. Because they are in proximity of power. But there is a place very few people have entered. The Bible records of one man. His name is Moses. He, he moved from presence. The Bible says the presence of the Lord came upon the mountain. 
and the elders of Israel were with Moses. He moved from the presence. He entered into power. He entered in the cloud. He moved from power. He entered into glory. The Bible says he is surrounded by his majesty and glory. By the time he entered glory level, when he came out, he was radiating with the dimension of what he encountered. No man has entered glory. We are still dealing with power. Because here, here in power levels, men can idolize you. In power levels, you begin to enter levels of wealth, influence, and fame. And sometimes we don't know how to handle ourselves. And many die in judgments. Oh, go and read God's general. Majority, that book is written with the success of men that walked in dimensions of power and their failures. There is one prophet, people almost idolized him. The daughter wrote a book and said, my father died as a diviner. You people call him Papa of the prophetic. The man died as a diviner. We knew how he died because he reached the power level. He could not handle some dimensions. Even in Kenya, you prophesy one day, people are washing your roads and you don't know how to handle that level. People are giving you bodyguards and an entourage just because you lifted a cripple. That is the time to say, Lord, I decrease that you may increase. That is the time to run away from the populace and begin to seek him more. Because men can kill you. They almost made Jesus their king. The veil is broken. Now you, the blood has been given so that we can have access. Please distribute the elements. We are taking this blood with revelation. Hallelujah. Please tell your neighbor, neighbor, from today, don't take worship casually. Hallelujah. It's not just a song. It's not a session where we sing songs so that men can feel something before the preacher comes. It is a gateway to the place of encounter. It is a pathway to the place of intimacy. I pray for life church that this revelation will begin to deal with you differently. That we will know Jesus said it is finished. God is not waiting for you from a judgment level. He's waiting for you from intimacy level. And the best thing God could give was his son. There's a song you are singing. I think it was done by women of faith. I don't know if it's redeemed or sacrifice. Wonderful, merciful Savior. And friend, thank you, Holy Ghost. Who could have thought the rescue the souls of men? Oh, you rescue the soul, wonderful, merciful, wonderful, merciful Savior. Precious Redeemer and friend Who could have thought that I could rescue the souls of men Oh, you rescue the souls of men. You are the one, you are the one 
about our works is about the complete work of Calvary is there anyone 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 hallelujah because we cannot see the overflow of those that are online can we make this prayer believing that there is someone maybe watching and they are making this prayer with us can we make it by faith just let's repeat it say Lord Jesus today willingly I come to you knowing that I'm a savior in need of salvation I know I cannot redeem myself and today by faith I receive the complete work of Calvary I confess now with my mouth that Jesus you are Lord over my life from today I am born again I have eternal life thank you Jesus for saving me. Amen. If you've made that prayer, whether online or in the overflow, make sure you reach us. The numbers is 0719-115-115 and someone will follow up with you and pray with you also. Are you ready to partake of the blood? Tell that neighbor, neighbor, let this blood be a reminder that you have access to the throne of the Father. Tell that neighbor, neighbor, let this blood be a reminder that the work of Calvary is a finished work and a perpetual finished work. Father, today we declare as we partake of this bread and partake of this blood, we are agreeing with Telestai that indeed it is finished. And dear Lord, let that reality become our reality. Any matter in our lives that is a product of demonic attack, let it be lifted. Any matter in our lives that is a product, oh Father, of demonic influence, by the blood of Jesus we declare, it is nullified. Let the sick be healed. Let them that are under oppression be delivered. Let this blood speak vitality and vibrance into our lives. In Jesus' name, you can partake it. Take the bread, break it, take the blood. Just pray in the Holy Ghost for one minute. So, brother, as so belly macantolo brodias capaya. Asebredila compedila asumba diabara zoketelebosi balahande sebresketila amposkopela baratos ebeledia It is perfected in my life. It is perfected in my life. I have victory in my life. I am a conqueror. The blood speaketh better things than the blood of bulls. I agree with the new covenant. 
that was sealed by the blood of Yeshua. This blood gives me access in the quarters of power and glory. Oh. Father, we thank you for this first service. Your word is forever settled. Let this word be alive in our spirits. Let us not ignore the place of fellowship and the place of intimacy. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah.